Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by legendary trainer and Hall of Fame broadcaster, the great Teddy Atlas. Teddy, before we get into it today, I just want to give a special thank you to our sponsor, 10,000, maker of the world's greatest athletic shorts. I know you like these shorts a lot. They're terrific. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, They're comfortable. They're everything you're supposed to have in an athletic wear where you can move around. You're not not in any way um, prevented from feeling that you can, you know, be free in them and... uh, do what you need to do, whether playing basketball, racquetball, or doing fight plans like I do sometimes, things like that. We're going to do a fight plan. Matter of fact, we're going to get that into the show. And you know what I'll be wearing? <laughs> 10,000, baby. <laughs> right? I can't wait. So they're good. They're really good. Yeah. These guys are great. Over 2,000 five-star reviews, 30-day return policy. Check them out for exclusive discount for our listeners only. 10,000.cc slash the fight. Please support these guys. That they they make this uh, show possible. So um, thank you to ten thousand, Teddy. Good to be with you. Same here. Looking forward to a big fight coming up soon. Um, Keith Thurman and Manny Pacquiao. This guy. This guy. You got it. This guy, Mr. Pacquiao. Yep. The iconic fighter that's still fighting. <laughs> I think he's like sixty five now, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what is he? Forty, right? Forty or forty one. Definitely has a four handle. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. what the exact age is. I think 41. But he's, um, I don't know how many weight classes he's come up. Do you remember what, what he came out as a pro? For, he's 40 years old. Well, he was riding a horse that I bet on when, when he first came up. He, he was, <laughs> I know that. He was, uh, and the jockey weight at that time, the allowance was 105. Yeah. Uh, he, listen, he's tremendous. Tremendous. Uh, athletic one of the most athletic fighters you're ever going to see as far as pure athletic ability just just you do not see that combination in too many athletes of pure speed and power that combination see guys really fast you know like Camacho Camacho people forget about him Hector Camacho back in the 70s the 80s I mean he was as fast as you can be but to have that speed that scintillating speed of Pacquiao mixed with power and toughness. Wow. And most of the uh, hardcore boxing fans know this, but um, you have extensive experience fight planning for Manny Pacquiao and training Tim Bradley for the three of – they had three fights. Tim won one, lost two. And um, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, in, I'm curious to hear your perspective in game planning for a guy like that with that kind of speed and power. And obviously you were training a special fighter in Tim Bradley who beat him the first time. So talk to me about how you prepare for that kind of fighter. Well, first of all, he's not the fighter he was. Mm-hmm. You know, Pacquiao, he's been diminished. He's he's not. What I think is interesting about handicapping this fight, going into this fight, is that sometimes you can, in this business, in my business, you can sometimes fight your way into a fight and fight your way out of a fight. What do I mean by that? Well, sometimes, you know, you can you can look really good and you can lose a fight. You can because people say I don't want no part of that guy. Sometimes you can look bad and you can fight your way into a fight. And I think that's what happened. Yeah, I, I think agree. that's what's interesting here is that I think that Thurman looks so bad, you know, coming off of his two-year layoff where he was out of the game for two years because of 
elbow surgery. I believe it was on his right elbow. And he fought Josito Lopez, and he almost lost. He struggled. Uh, well, if Lopez could punch, he might have knocked him out. 100%. He had him in trouble. And and one thing, just one in one area. Not and Here's the good news. If you're back of Thurman, you can correct it. Not in two areas, not in three areas, one area. He kept pulling straight back from too close where he was upright and Josito could catch him with primitive punches, with punches that Josito, tough guy, tough guy, but not quite at that level, you know, and a smaller guy, a junior welterweight who moved up to welterweight, but a guy that throws sometimes the punches that guys that don't quite get to that next level throw a little wider. But those punches were the right punches for what Thurman was doing wrong. Thurman kept pulling straight back from too close. See, if you pull back, pull back from the right distance, from there, from out there, then you go back before I can catch up to you. But if you're pulling back from here, I step with you. I got you. Mm. And that's what he was doing all night long, and he was getting hurt by that. He, uh, You would think that his trainer, he's got an able trainer, so you would think that they, they're correct at They're looking film, they're correct. And again, coming off of the layoff, you know, um, Coming off of that, I know you asked me to with the fight plan, but I uh, before I go into like just specifics for that, I this is where I'd like to go is sure. is where I'm going now, uh, because I'm making a case that he's not he's not the guy that I'd be making a fight plan with uh, five years ago. Yeah, it, it's, it's a different situation now, and and like I said, the first part of it is. Obviously, Thurman and his people are thrilled to get this fight. It's a money fight. You can only make special money with special guys. And it's a guy that is in, at the very kindest way, at the twilight of his career. And he's got a, you know, he's he's got a foot out the door. And he's been involved in politics and other things. And you wonder if Manny's fighting for the right reasons, you know, uh, his legacy is secure already. Stuff. I can't imagine that he needs money. I mean, oh, yeah, imagine it, imagine it, imagine it, imagine it. He needs some better people around him. Well, if these guys well, make mean, huge money in every fight. Yeah, but when you weigh your money instead of counting it, yeah. when you weigh it in pounds, like in other words, Manny comes out with 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 uh, fifty pounds of money out to the front of his house and passes it out, uh, it can go. It can go. And you have a huge entourage. Ask Muhammad Ali. I know the money was different back then, but still, everything is relative. Exactly. Ask Tyson. You know? I, I mean, I know, you know, he's not the... A lot of people say, well, he's not the sharpest guy. He was stupid. But you could you could knock a guy and make fun of a guy and say he was stupid. He was stupid. But it happens. It wasn't just him that it happened to. No, it wasn't just Tyson that it happened to. You know, it happens to, unfortunately, a lot of athletes, a lot of people that uh, maybe they're in another business too, in the stock business and other business that they make a lot of money quick, fast, and they're not prepared for it. I always tell they're people not- that the worst and never having money is having money and losing it. And I've been through some ups and downs in the financial markets and having money and losing it and having to rebuild is much more troubling than when I never had it. Not that I've had tremendous amounts of money, but when you have ebbs and flows, well, some people will tell you, you're right. Some people will tell you that Manny's fighting to become president. 
Yeah. I mean, I know a little insight. I know mm-hmm. some people that have been around him pretty close. I'm not going to make believe that I know exactly, but maybe more than maybe the average guy. You know, I know some people that have been around him and that his way of being secure is to become president eventually of the Philippines and then he'll be okay. You know, not that they have the kind of money you make in a ring, mm-hmm. but he'll be always secure. Uh, so in that way, but in the meantime, it is possible. Yeah, it is possible that a man who made $120 million in one night, and you're right to ask that question. Is it possible? But yeah, and we've seen it before. We've seen it in the history of this sport and other sports and other places in the world where people go through money they shouldn't go through, mm. and you shouldn't be in that situation. So you wonder if he's fighting for the right reason. But one thing you can't dispute, you can guess at that. You can't dispute as his age. And the funny thing I see in this fight is that I think that there's a good chance that Pacquiao's people took Thurman, as I was saying, because of how bad he looked. How bad he looked against Josito. There you go. How bad he looked against Josito Lopez. And so they're going to jump on that. A little bit like Canelo's people, when they weren't going to go near... Golovkin with a 10-foot pole for a while. Mm-hmm. Everyone is sad. Now he said it too. They're, they're waiting until he dissipates a little bit. And then all of a sudden, they saw him with Danny Jacobs. Yeah. And he looked ordinary. Oh, he didn't look great. Mm. Put it that way. And Danny Jacobs taking nothing away from Danny. He's a, he was a real middleweight. And he was a guy at that level. And and he didn't. He looked beatable. Mm-hmm. He looked flawed. And boom, presto. All of a sudden, that fight's made. So... Canelo people said, okay, we'll take him now. I think that happened, again, with Pacquiao, where they're looking for a fight that can justify getting paid with the zeros at the end of the check that they need. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they, they saw him look bad, Thurman. I don't think they would have took him a few years ago, the way he looked. And now they take him. It could be a mistake. Uh, obviously, because of the age that Pacquiao's had and because... When you're coming off a two-year gap, a two-year you know excursion from the sport, like Thurman was, it's not inexcusable. It's not unwarranted. It's it's not unheard of to look bad. Mm-hmm. You you can look bad. Your timing's off. You maybe maybe there was another reason why he looked bad. Maybe because Thurman. Uh, wasn't mentally there. So it was physically, it was mentally, maybe made too much money. Maybe he doesn't want to fight it anymore. Really, really committed. To, there's, the urgency's not there anymore. All those things. But it is not, it's not unheard of that a guy comes off of a layoff and looks bad and then one fight can make him better. Mm-hmm. See, that's where the danger is for me. That's yeah. what this fight's about. One fight might have been all he needed. He, maybe he needs another tune-up. He's mm-hmm. not getting it. Mm-hmm. But maybe Thurman needed another one. But maybe the one was what the doctor ordered. Maybe that's enough. I've seen it before. That's enough to get him back to where he's got to get, you know, to tell him what was wrong, to, to get back in the reality of the ring, to find out where you're at. So maybe Pacquiao's people are going to be way off when they see Thurman thinking they're going to see what they thought they what they saw with Josito Lopez, but they're not going to see it here. Maybe. Or maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. Uh, maybe it's a combination of Thurman uh, not having the urgency anymore, not you know wanting to fight it, 
You know, one thing that hurts Thurman, I'm going to say, people are going to say, how's this hurt you? He's too smart. His intellect, he's a smart son of a gun. I like him. But this is a place where his intellect, being so smart, Thurman, could hurt him. Because he understands that fighters could get hurt. He's a reasonable guy. He's I'm not saying other fighters aren't, but I'm just talking about him. He's a reasonable guy. He's a thoughtful guy. And he... He understands he doesn't want to wind up like Ali, some of the fighters that go too long. And let's be honest, that's happened. Mm -hmm. And he understands his mortality as a fighter. And sometimes that can, at this stage, that can hurt you because his intelligence, and he's right, he's right on everything, will actually hurt him because he'll be thinking about those things. Mm -hmm. And when you're thinking about those things, you take your foot off the gas a little. Yeah, it's human nature. You start trying to be careful. And you know what? When you start trying to be careful in a business that is what it is, as dangerous and potentially dangerous as this business of boxing is, when you start thinking about it and trying to be careful, you can do the opposite effect can take place. You can you can put yourself in harm's way. Yeah. As he did. As he did by being too careful with Josito Lowe. He had a chance where he could have finished him. Be, 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 be the guy that you had a chance to be. Finish him off. Be smart. Move. Boom, boom. But instead he started saying, I'm going to be careful. And then in the later rounds, by being careful, he was getting hit with those long punches because he was being careful. And so it's a tricky, it's a tricky proposition in my sport, in this sport, and in boxing. So... That that is something that that I'm cognizant of, and that I'm talking about in the handicapping of this fight uh, that can come up, and then you can go, you can it, it can the analogy I would use with that is it's kind of like a race car driver, a race car driver. Boy, that's a dangerous that's a dangerous job too. People don't talk about that. They talk about boxing. They, talk, they forget about football. They forget about all the other dangerous sports. And here you are a race car driver that's made a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, one day as you're leaving your house, you see your beautiful... Taylor Earnhardt Jr. talked about that recently really? on Joe Rogan. He no literally idea. said he got no a concussion. Idea. He was out for most of the season. Yeah, I didn't know that. And he said, I was just started to get scared, and I just retired. See? And he was one of the best. And he, he acknowledged that, that that fear is real, especially when he's been hurt severely. Well, it's the, see, you can parallel it with this, and I am just grabbed that. Mm. I didn't know that story. But... It doesn't surprise me because you can make the parallels because they're there. Mm -hmm. And so you you got a race car driver. And what I was going to say is, you know, one day he's going into track. He's going off and he just happens to look a little bit longer than he normally does at his beautiful three-year-old daughter. And it just does something. And now all of a sudden he gets in a car and... He's not pushing it quite the same. He, the car's the same. He ain't the same. And he's not pushing it quite the same, quite as much. And he's he's just not hitting that accelerator the same because he's thinking about that three-year-old daughter. He's thinking about the danger that he didn't think of before. That, that could happen. Thurman might be that driver, that car, that's not going to hit the accelerator the way he used to. And if that happens, there's no getting around that Pacquiao's 
not the same car no more. He's not that Ferrari no more. He, but if that happens, here comes this whole conker, clunker, you know, with a little dirt in the carburetor, you know, where one of the cylinders is shot, right? But but the new car's not being pushed as fast, and the old car can be in the race. And for me, that's kind of the way what this fight comes down to is is that. And there's one other thing. The we talked about why talked about why Pacquiao people may have taken Thurman off of the Drusita Lopez bad performance. Well, you know, obviously the the people with Thurman are thinking that they're gonna get uh, a, you know, a, a lot of people put it this way. Off of the Josita Lopez fight, we could see clearly that Thurman didn't look good. It's a matter of what he looks like now. But the excuse is the two years off. A lot of people, bookmakers included, Las Vegas included, are really on the other side of the spectrum. What do I mean by that? They're looking at Pacquiao's last performance against Broner as that he found the fountain of youth. As he's no, they're looking but at it. Broner but, hasn't but, beaten anyone. But, in but they're years. looking at it. They're looking at that fight. Here's the interesting contrast and parallel. You're looking at the Thurman fight, saying he didn't look good. Gee, I could see. Uh, I could see Pacquiao's people saying, "Yeah, let's grab him. He didn't look good." But there's a reason for it. And then you look at the Pacquiao performance against Broner and people saying, he found the fountain of youth. He, he, he revived himself. He looked good. He dominated that fight. But I'm going to name Broner what I think he deserves. I'm, I'm not here to knock Broner. But I'm going to call him the Mirage. Because he's got the talent and ability and he has his whole career. But... He's a mirage because as soon as the heat gets to a certain point, he evaporates. That's exactly and, right. And he's not there no more. And you know what you find? Instead of finding a beautiful place with water and all these plentiful things, you find sand. You're, you're left with sand. Every time Brona gets to that level, that level where it's got to be about more than talent, more than just ability, more than neon signs, because that's what great ability is, neon signs. But what's beyond those neon signs? You know what? What's inside? Once you get him in that kind of fight, you see that it's not there. You, 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 it's, it's like, again, it's like I've said on ESPN broadcasting a fight. It's like watching a guy in front of you. It's like watching a guy who's the same as a little puddle of water on a very hot summer day where it evaporates right in front of you. Where it disappears right in front of you, where it's gone, and and that's what you see with Brona. You see Brona when he gets to that level, that that talent that you've seen at other places, all of a sudden you don't see it. So it can be misleading that way, which I find very interesting. That the people that are making Pacquiao suddenly the favorite, and it's incredible. He he went from the underdog, which you would expect him to be against a younger champion. He's 40 years old, and he's not big enough. But now 
He's the favorite in Vegas. And I think that they're looking the same way that erroneously maybe Thurman's people, maybe, you know, the same way erroneously as maybe Pacquiao's people looked at Thurman thinking that he's nothing anymore, that people erroneously are looking at Pacquiao in his good performance against Broner saying he he can win this fight, he's back, he he's you know he's still at a certain level he's not he's still 40 whatever he is 40 years old and even though he won that fight handily dominated that fight against a younger talented guy it was i saw things that were wrong i saw him reaching i saw him not as fast i saw his body tone didn't look right it wasn't the same body tone the muscle tone it wasn't the same it was an older muscle tone i i saw him groping to get in instead of flashing to get in like the flash bang right in i saw him taking too long to get in what i didn't see was the other guy trying to win. I didn't see the other guy timing him on the way in. I saw the other guy putting more effort into surviving. That's right. And and into into just, you know, defending, not looking to take advantage of those things. Surviving. After the fight, it almost looked like he was relieved. You would think he won the fight the way he was behaving and carrying on. I mean, he just lost the He probably thought he did because he lives in that alternate universe world. That's comfortable for him. That, that by living in that world, he he can justify things. Well, you know what they say. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything. So I don't want to dwell too long on Broner because there's, I don't have a lot of nice things and to I'm say. And I'm not, I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm putting, pointing out facts. Oh, you can, there's, plenty, biz, to, there's from, plenty to knock From my perspective. Him. Yeah, yeah. One thing I want to point out though is, you, like you said, his body tone looked different, which is an interesting subplot to the fight with Thurman because... It's been widely publicized and talked about recently that they are not in the VADA pool. Now, VADA is a voluntary anti-doping agency program. That's not to say, now, I don't know that you, if USADA has jurisdiction over the fight, I think that the promoter has to, has to select what protocol they're using. VADA is not the only game in town. So just because they're not using VADA doesn't mean they're not doing testing. But the fact that they're not with guys with a guy in Manny who's long been suspected of doping, who's moved up, like we just said, I don't know how many weight classes, but a lot. And now he's 40 years old. He still seems to be fast and strong. Um, and Thurman, it makes me wonder. Is okay, Thurman, let me just add one thing. Not only guy moved up all those weight classes, other guys have moved up, but moved up those weight classes and added muscle. Looked bigger than the guys that he was supposed to be smaller than. Never lost speed, no matter how many times he moved up. Never lost power. <laughs> and he came back from that vicious knock. It was Eric Morales that starched him. I mean, knocked him out viciously. Marquez. Yeah, Marquez. Knocked Great him fire. out. Great fight. Yeah, to bounce back from a knockout like that and has shown no ill effects. Like you see fighters sometimes suffer a knockout like Roy Jones, and then he was just getting knocked out every time. Manny just kind of shook it off, moved on, and it seems to be getting stronger as he ages. It just seems to be something seems to be off there. And we've talked about this before, but the fact that Thurman isn't insisting upon the VADA testing and stringent testing, um, which it appears he's not, leads me to believe that either A, what's he doing? Or B, is the money so good that he's like, yeah, do whatever you want to do. I want this fight. What do you think? I think that, 
again, I just think that again, it's, it just begs you to ask the question, when is the sport of boxing going to catch up to other sports as far as making things across the board mandated in such important areas? You know, where the other sports got to that those places. Um, and look, they had their problems too. Football with the steroids and, you know, baseball, of course. It might, you could almost say that baseball almost was on the verge of losing their sport uh, over that. But people got involved and they got involved in testing and random testing and made a policy and put it into place across the board. But you don't get that, and not everybody has to succumb to testing. It's so, funny that so many people like higher up get involved in baseball. Like I, for one, like I don't think the majority of people, myself included, care if people in baseball are doping. Or what do I, I don't care if you want to take steroids and hit a baseball? Who cares? In other words, you don't care how much they beat up a baseball. But, no, but you I don't. Care I about, genuinely, I don't. But you care about what a person puts in their veins that's going to punch someone in the head. If you're going to do some, if if the level, if the playing field isn't level, either there's testing or there's not testing. You can't have some guys that are doping and some guys that are not doping. And for a while, even the UFC, I think testosterone replacement therapy was not only accepted but encouraged. I mean, Chel Sonnen talked about it he was taking testosterone and all kinds of steroids for years till they caught up with him he served the suspension now he's back but there can't be this gray area it's like it's either so the ufc brought in their own drug testing czar and they seem to be serious about it and they're catching people and they're catching people out of competition which is really the only way to catch people and but boxing there is like we've talked about a million times exactly and and this is the one area where people should care though because someone's going to get hurt you can't have one guy much exponentially stronger than well, another guy at the I'm same weight. Go, go at you on that. They have been hurt. We don't know. Oh, yeah. Some of these guys have been hurt. We don't know if the other guy had steroids in their veins. Yep. I mean, because of what we're talking about. Because we don't have the testing that we should have in a sport that should mandate it. Mm-hmm. Call for it. Yeah. Demand it. Because, again, it's the simplest argument in the world. It's one thing to be kicking the crap out of a baseball because you have juice in your veins. But it's another thing where the intent is to go out there and use your hands to hit another guy in the head that you might have something in your body that allows you to do it at an extraordinary enhanced extraordinarily enhanced level yeah that that could take the guy from being just you know temporarily uh you know knocked unconscious to to a place where he's actually in a serious condition uh where you give somebody I mean, it's almost, it's too simple to say that it, 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 it frustrates you that it's not being done because it's so simple to say. It's, it's basically criminal. If somebody, it's like you're allowing somebody to punch somebody with something in their veins that is giving them an extraordinary advantage, an abnormal advantage. Where you're taking a punch that might be, that's from one to ten level, that might do, and 10 being the, the highest, might do, say, a, a a 5 or a 6 as far as damage. And now you're letting them do a 10 or an 11 off the charge because of something illegal. Knowing, knowing what the repercussions can be. 
Well, I think there's a lot of intangibles that don't have to do just with strength. It has to do with endurance, speed. I one time I'm I'm friendly with uh, Lance Armstrong. We've done some training together in the past, and I was asking him recently, of all the substances that you were using, which one do you think was the biggest impact? And he said that for him, and he thinks for all athletics, EPO was the best. He said his exact comments was something to the effect that it just makes you a, physically a better person, stronger, endurance, faster. So people think it's just the strength of the shot. It's the fact that he can keep hitting you with that shot three or four times where maybe before he hit you with twice and he's still doing it in the 11th round, not just the first. At that level. Yeah. And in boxing, you know, the big risk is sustained concussive blows that might not knock you out, but they're banging your brain around in your head for an extensive period of time, which is why you in the UFC- You see damage done from accumulation. Exactly. Unlike the UFC or the bare knuckles, you get hit with one good shot and get dropped, the fight's over. They're not going to let you keep getting pummeled. Where in boxing, if you don't go down, you just can get pummeled relentlessly. Listen, back to the handicapping yeah. of the fight yes. and you're right but I'm just going to say that I think I laid it out on both sides what you can be looking at but one thing all of this and, and the interesting thing to the steroid or the PED question is here I had to, touched on it earlier why is why is Pacquiao fighting is he really fighting because, you know, he wants to fight and he thinks he can win at this level and whatever he thinks his legacy should go to another, you know, plateau? Or is it because he has to? And if it's because he has to, then there's a difference in confidences. Because if you have to, it's it's different. Now, even at 40, you might say, listen, I don't think I have the same shot that I used to have, but I have to. To make money. It's a, a, it's, it's a different mental state now. And we don't know. If you ask Pacquiao, he's a decent person, but he's not going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, nobody is. So if you ask him, hey, are you fighting because you have to or because you have the confidence that you can? He's not going to. But there is a certain special polygraph that exists out there that you don't have to have somebody put on to certain um, things attached to them to be able to get to get the answers. The polygraph might just be what we just talked about, that he's reaching, that in this fight at this point in his life, maybe the biggest fight of his life to a certain extent, even though he's done so many incredible things. But at 40 years old, to be fighting an undefeated big welterweight who's athletic. I, at one point, said Thurman was the most athletic fighter in the game. Yeah. So to be fighting that guy at this point in his life, maybe the only polygraph you need to really administer is that he's saying... Pacquiao saying, I will not submit to drug testing. In its own way, that might be a polygraph test. Yeah. In its own way, that might be saying, yeah, I I am fighting because I have to, and I need something. Because if he, if he wasn't fighting because he had to, he wouldn't need anything. He wouldn't need help. He would just need the belief that I'm Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. But if he's saying now, I don't want testing, 
If he's saying that now, which he is, then he's saying also that I'm not the same guy. I need something maybe. There's a reason why I don't want testing. I want to sneak something in. Now, I know we don't have proof of that. I know that. I get it. But let's put our thinking caps on a little bit, just a little bit, common sense. And now he's suddenly at 40 years old fighting this big guy, this athletic guy, and he says, I don't want testing. (laughs) That speaks to me. I hear it. It says, hey, maybe if I can get a little help, maybe I will. And maybe I need it. And maybe this is what I'll do. And on the other side, you'd think, well, why would Thurman let that go away? Well, he can't make a payday anywhere else. He might either think, I'll beat him anyway because he's 40 years old. That Lopez also hurt his stock, that Lopez yeah. fight. I, I hurt him anyway because he's 40. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Thurman is, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I yeah. don't know, but there's no, no test. That's a fair question. Uh, I don't know. Right. I don't know. But I'm just saying we shouldn't be in this place for this discussion. I know 100%. that. Because the sport should take care of this. That's Not right. Teddy and Ken. It, it shouldn't even be up to the fighters. If you want to fight in the country or in certain states, you should submit to their drug testing. And again, there may be some other testing aside from VADA because VADA is voluntary. They get You, you hire them to, to test. But again, part of the efficacy of these testing programs is to be testing out of competition and to create a biological passport so you're not seeing spikes in in, in red blood cell counts six months before the fight that carries over. So you don't have drugs in your system, but you have this elevated red blood cell count, which is all that matters when it comes to endurance. So even these tests that are just testing at the event can be evaded and beat. We've seen it like the whole Russian c- country was kicked out of the Olympics for systematic doping. So it's not... It's not a big revelation that this is how it works. What happened to the old days where if you wanted to get increased red blood cells so you have more oxygen in your blood, right, and you can improve your endurance, you went and trained in altitude? Yep, that's right. Whatever happened to those days? (laughs) Well, now you can take a shot. You don't have to sleep up on top of a mountain and come down to train hard. You, You go train in altitude. That's right. And it increases your red blood cell output. And for those couple days... You have for those couple of days, it doesn't last for a week. You know, that's the funny thing about it. Part of it's psychological because some of these guys would go up there, improve themselves, come down, but they come down a week before and they would lose it. But in their mind, they didn't. Yeah. In their mind, they didn't. Yeah. But if you actually want to keep that advantage, you got to come down within that, that time frame, yep. couple of days, and then go in the ring and do it. And you will have that advantage. You will without having to put a syringe in you or whatever you're putting in you. Let's get to the my prediction of fight. Yeah, let me say. I want to know who who do you like and what's the method of victory over under round etc. As specific as you can get. Quick pause before we get Teddy's prediction on the fight to give a special shout out to our newest sponsor, MyBookie.ag. Check these guys out to um, get a fifty percent credit on your first play. Use the promo code Atlas. And they'll give you a 50% credit. So if you want to bet three grand on the fight, put up two. They'll give you a $1,000 credit to make the bet. Whatever Teddy says to do, I'd stick with that. He's been on a hot streak recently. I think he's got the last four or five in a row that we've predicted. So check him out, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code ATLAS for 50% credit on your first play. Oh, man. Yes, for anything. Um, I... With everything we like to lay it out there, with everything laid out there, 
I'm going to go with what I know, what I feel comfortable with, what I feel I can count on. The other stuff is what if, what if, what if. And there's still going to be ifs in there, but I'm going to go with at least amount of what ifs as possible. I'm going with the younger guy. I'm going with a guy who I think is too young, too big, too athletic, too physical for Manny Pacquiao at this point in his career. Now, look, I will put... A, I will qualify that. I won't sit in the fence because that's you can't do that. You got to pick one guy or the other. But I will qualify it by saying this. Sometimes there's special guys out there that can do things that even your your right way of thinking uh, does not satisfy the equation because there's a special guy out there sometimes that can break the rules, the, even even the rules of time, even the rules of physics. And Manny might be one of those special guys, maybe. And the combination of what I already laid out there with Thurman, you know, needed maybe one more fight to get himself back uh, after that two-year layoff. But I have to make a choice. I'm going to make the choice again with the biggest, stronger, more athletic guy. And... Do I have concerns that, as I laid out before, that Thurman's that race car driver that's made a lot of money and he doesn't want to drive the car as fast anymore? He's worried. He's cautious now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm concerned about that. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you got to make a pick. And I will I will go and make that pick uh, being Thurman. I think that if Thurman can be the guy that I don't think he ever truly was. I, I always think his temperament, he was he could have been that guy where they attach it to that that moniker, that that nickname, one time, you know, one punch, that they wanted him to be Tyson. Yeah. They wanted him to be Tyson, but he wasn't because his temperament wasn't Tyson. His temperament was to be thoughtful, to be smart, to be to understand his mortality, to understand to think in there. He, he wasn't just a sick and destroy missile. He was never that. If he, But he has the athletic, physical abilities to be that. Mm. If, if he could be that, if he could go out early to be that, I think there's a chance he could stop Pacquiao. I do. Mm. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm going to pick him, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that the analogy... For Pacquiao, I made it for Thurman. At this point in his career, it's the same one I used to use on ESPN. When he was a young guy, he was that kid that somebody gave him the keys to that Porsche. Uh, and, and you know what? Kids shouldn't have a Porsche because they run red lights, because they get carried away with the power. They feel it, and they, they jump red lights. But he had that Porsche, and his Porsche was souped up. It was a super Porsche. And he used to run, he being Pacquiao, he used to run red lights. And he and he run them so fast the cops didn't even see him. Cops weren't even sure what came by. And and if there was something coming, he, he got past it fast enough. And he got away with it. He had flaws is what I'm saying. When I say running red lights, he used to jump in. He used to reach to get in. He used to come in from too far away, but yeah. he had the Porsche, mm -hmm. he, and he had that Porsche ability, and he got away with it. He doesn't have it no more. 
The kid, the parents took the keys away from him. The Porsche got old. He don't have no more. And now when he runs those red lights, <laughs> there might be an SUV coming. Bam! <laughs> gotcha, huh? And it might just be coming. And that's what might happen. Because you asked me at the beginning, this a fight plan? For me, the fight plan would be to understand that. For Thurman to understand that this is a guy when he was young, ran all those red lights, used to jump in, but it wasn't right. He made it look right. Just like Ali made a lot of things wrong look right. Like Roy Jones shows you how good he was. Made a lot of things that were wrong look right oh, because yeah. of their talent, their yep. timing, their speed, their confidence. But it wasn't right. They got away with it. They made wrong right. And special ones can do that. And Pacquiao made wrong right. He would jump in. He'd come in from too far away instead of working his way and getting his feet there first. And now he's going to do that same thing. I saw it in the Broner fight. Mm-hmm. But Broner was there to survive. Yep. Not really there to win. Yep. Thurman, for me, if I was his trainer, the fight plan would be be ready. Act like you're going out. Get Pacquiao to be that Porsche to run that red light, and, and then, bam, time him coming in. Time him. And be that SUV that's coming there when he's running that red light and catch him and nail him. That's what I would do. And as far as Pacquiao, first of all, if they haven't corrected what they did wrong in Josita Lopez, Thurman's people, Pacquiao could catch him stepping straight back. Mm-hmm. You know, you could step with him sometimes when he goes straight back. But Pacquiao, one of Pacquiao's greatest strengths is that from a southpaw position he'll trick you a lot of people don't realize this but as you said I, I had to realize it training Bradley for the fight where Pacquiao will slip his head over here see how your eyes went mm-hmm. with me you just went with me yeah. and then boom so the left hand yeah. the power punch he does that beautifully as he slips there and you never see it mm-hmm. and he catches you Thurman's people better be ready for that when you were when you were describing the uh, Porsche and the SUV, it, it reminded me that when I drive my own car, it responds a certain way when you step on the gas. Then when I get in my wife's minivan and step on the gas, and you're like, "Whoa, what the hell? I'm gonna get run over here. This thing's not responding. It doesn't seem to be like accelerating." That's what it reminds me of. Is like even regardless of what Thurman does, Pacquiao might in his mind still be driving the Porsche, but really he's driving the the, the minivan. And he might try to jump in, and it might be too easy for Thurman not to hit him, right? So I think you're when right. When you drive that minivan, does it say soccer mom on the back? It says uh, baby on board, uh, picture of all five of us, you know, the stick figure beautiful, indicating beautiful. all the oh, – no, beautiful, I'm kidding. <laughs> I made her take all the bumper stickers off before I get in. Yeah. No, she just has so. a regular black okay. minivan. But, um, okay. well, to be a contrarian, I think that if um, – if you take the last two fights from each guy out, the Broner fight and the Lopez fight, I think looking on paper, you'd be like, Thurman's going to kill him. But considering the last two fights and just to be the contrarian, I'm going to take Pacquiao and think that for all the reasons that you mentioned, I think Thurman, I'm going to guess that it wasn't an anomaly that that, that he's slowing down, that the surgery caught up with him. And uh, I think that Pacquiao might pull this off. And For me... It'll be a bigger accomplishment and upset than it's going to be treated as. Mm-hmm. Because, again, the the people in Vegas, the people that are supposed to be experts on this stuff that put the lines up, they've taken an 180-degree turn already. Yeah, they went from turn being a, a favorite to boom. 
Pacquiao's a favorite. Yeah. You know? So for me, if it happens, and you're right, and, and I understand uh, your reasoning, uh, if, if, the, if it does go that way, it, it's quite an accomplishment. I agree. Again, if you take those last two fights out for each guy, you'd look at that fight and be like, There's no Pacquiao has no chance. Thurman's a killer. Because I had like Spence, Crawford, maybe 1A and 1B and just below Keith Thurman. But after the Lopez fight, I think most people have it 1A and B for Crawford and Spence and then maybe 2 and 3, Sean Porter and Thurman f- as a result of that fight. But I, you know, if you take that out of the equation, it's a different story. But... I'm going to take Pacquiao just to have a difference of opinion. We'll see where we go with it. So you like Thurman by to go the in a decision, or you like him to stop Pacquiao? I think, and again, you know, you, you hate to be that guy that's sitting on the fence and trying to get your cake and eat it too, but I, I like him to win the fight. You know, I'm going to, if I have to go out there with, you know, specifics if it's not enough it used to be enough ken if you just said who's gonna win ken <laughs> that used to be enough you know the gamblers want to know but uh I'm, I'm getting nervous because our record's been pretty good yeah it's, it's like a little pressure belt now you know your record's been good i've been oh, getting killed every good. bet i make i lose but uh <laughs> no i messed you up on one i met you on one i said on this air we laid it out see i say it when i'm wrong uh we laid it out on this air for the fight with Fury, that this guy was going to get crushed. We laid it out like it looked like an under. After the way we saw the film, uh, Schwartz, that being the guy, uh, the way that he laid down on the floor looking for a DQ way out, yep. right? We said, oh, he doesn't belong. It's a joke. It's yeah. a joke. They're robbing money from people. And it's it a was. joke. And, and it was a joke. And and it's, it's an under. But then at the last second, me trying to be too smart, too smart, I said... Well, Fury's temperament is to box more and maybe he'll let it stretch out and it could go more. I and, felt the same you, way. And you felt the under. Yeah. And, and I talked you out of it because you had a bet on the under in Las Vegas. And I talked you out of it. And, um, you know, put you a small bet. I owe you a dollar fifty. <laughs> All right. So you got, you got Thurman. I'm going to take Thurman. What is the total? I don't even know what the uh, over Let's assume is. it's nine and a half. Yeah. I mean... I go, I go with Thurman stopping him. Isn't that enough? Do I really have no, to no, give you a total? No, no, that's good. No, Thurman, Thurman stop, by which stoppage is, enough. is good because Pacquiao do, doesn't just yeah. get stopped. I no, mean, no, no. Pacquiao with his character, you know, even at this age. But I'm gonna go with Thurman stopping him. Uh, and there you have it. Teddy's got Thurman by stoppage. So check them out, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code ATLAS for 50% credit on your first play, up to $1,000. Um, like I said, Teddy's been on a roll. I think he's picked the last four or five, almost in the exact round, if not the exact round, pretty damn close. So check them out. Shout out to the guys at mybookie. They've been great to work with. So mybookie.ag, promo code ATLAS. That's it. I'm gonna and I'm going to take Pacquiao uh, in a decision. There are the picks. Before we leave you, I just want to... I see the line. The top board's changing already. <laughs> yeah, let's go. What, wait, what did Teddy pick? Ken, 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 Ken picked Ken, Pacquiao in a decision. Ken, bet uh, everything uh, against no. Pacquiao. Uh, the mush is in. Uh, before I leave you, before I let you go, I want to talk to you about just a couple other um, 
topics that have been on the radar recently. First of all, I want to say thanks again to 10,000 Shorts. These guys are the best. They really uh, have been big supporters of the show. And again, we're only working with sponsors and um, partners that we've reached out to. We contacted them. Rob and I have used the product for many years. Um, these guys are the uh, they're great. And uh, if you want an exclusive discount code, check them out at 10,000.cc slash the fight. And uh, maybe we'll get Teddy to sign a um, pair of shorts for a lucky winner at some point. Um, before we go, I want to talk to you about this uh, WBC situation with um, Canelo. They essentially forced him to vacate the belt to one of the Charlo twins, and um, they elevated Canelo to the WBC franchise champion, a title that they literally made up on the spot. Uh, on the spot, I think it infuriated a lot of boxing purists. I know Dan Rayfield from uh, ESPN was on a rampage about it, rightfully so. I agree with them. It kind of makes a mockery of the whole thing. Like someone like, for instance, Alex Vosdick, who's the undefeated light heavyweight champ who you train. Like, does that diminish his WBC title because now he doesn't have the franchise belt? It, 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 the, the whole thing's a laugher. What, what about Wilder? He's like, what's his record? 39 and 0 with 40 knockouts, uh, 40, 40 and 0 with 39 knockouts in that context. Should he have a franchise belt? He's basically knocked out everyone he's fought except Fury, who he won in a contract. Like, what? I just don't understand. Like when they're sitting around, who is telling Suleiman? Like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's make a franchise belt, and we'll give that, to him. we'll make someone else uh, give someone else Canelo's belt. It's. I'm dying to hear your thoughts on this one. That's enough for me. It's an unregulated sport, to the degree that it's unregulated. It's and you can. It's a travesty. Uh, that's not too powerful a word, quite frankly what they do to the sport and sometimes the sport becomes less relevant than it should and that's why that's why and um and they they push it towards irrelevancy irrelevancy uh with their actions listen you asked a question before you ready for the answer why when they sit in a round room, the people that run these alphabet organizations, these corrupt organizations, and don't a damn person tell me that's too strong a word because they are. You know, it's just a matter of what are they this second opposed to five seconds ago, but they are. It's already been documented. It's already been, go, go do your work, go on Google. It's been documented with these organizations where some of the heads of them have been caught on tape selling ratings selling ratings so it's been documented the problem is the fbi and the people that investigate this don't go after it the way they would go after you or somebody else uh and they get nobody cares enough that's the problem you figure out why i'm not gonna figure that out you figure out why but nobody cares enough you see you see the the senators, the congressmen, when something goes wrong in baseball, they get involved. Why don't they get involved in this sport? These athletes count as much, should be protected as much. This sport been around longer than those sports. Why don't they? You know, what happens is, to answer your question direct, and I'm, a lot of people, when they hear this, they're going to, I don't know if they're going to fall off their seats, but it is what it is. There is an answer. 
Why do they make these decisions? Because a promoter, somebody else who's their partner, who shouldn't be their partner, because people making money in the industry should not be partners or close to people that are administrating rules in the industry. That's obvious, but it, but it, not in this sport. So somebody, when they make a decision to make a guy a franchise guy, to make Canelo, who there's no doubt he's the biggest money maker in the sport. So in some ways, he's the most important guy in the sport because he brings in the most money in the sport. But there's people in the NBA that are all important. Michael Jordan and and LeBron James and Kobe Bryant when he was around. They're all, but it's not the same situation. And they're all big money makers. And, and in football, you can come up with the same names, you know, and understand what I'm saying. When you could make a, you could even say, and I'm, I'm going to go down a path and I'm going to try to be as fair as I can. But at the end of the day, I'm going to end up in one place, the truth. Where you could say when Nike was involved, they made Michael Jordan partners with them, basically, and gave him his own part of the company, his own shoe, because he was that big, he was that powerful, he was the most powerful guy in the NBA. Fine. One difference. Nike doesn't make rules in the NBA. (laughs) They're a business that sells sneakers to people that play in the NBA. But they don't make rules in the NBA. The WBC and these other organizations, they make rules so you can't become partners with somebody when you also make rules in the business that they're in. That you're basically partners with now. Because there's no doubt if you're going to be honest about it, they're partners with Canelo. And go, there's no other way to, to go about it, to explain it. Unless you want to put your dunce cap on and turn in the corner and not see the world. There's no other way. It is what it is. So, and I'll tell you what else it is. It's a guy, De La Hoya, Golden Boy, that has Canelo. That's a promotional company protecting their golden goose. Protecting the WBC's golden goose. How, Teddy? What do you mean? There's, they make them, they don't want. Al Heyman is another a competitor, another one of the power brokers, another big promoter. He's got the Charlo brothers. He's got Charlo in that same division. Golden Boy and his people, and yeah, the answer is, yeah, there is an answer for it, unfortunately. Would you say they sit around the room? Yeah, the answer is, part of it is, you have Golden Boy with WBC. They don't want Charlo to become the number one, to be the mandatory, where their Golden Goose has to fight a guy they don't want to fight. They want to be protected from that. They want to be separate from that. They want to be bigger than that. They want to fight fights that make bigger money, that don't have to fight and risk against a guy like that and, and go down that road. They want protection. So they go, and they know that Heyman, smart promoter, is going to move Charlo into position to be the mandatory. So what do they do? We'll take care of you, partner. We'll make Charlo... The regular champion, make him and Heyman happy. 
And we'll make you, what's the name of the damn stupid thing? Franchise. We'll make you franchise champion where you have now a, a bubble over you. Where franchise champion, you don't have to fight mandatories. You don't have to fight those fights. You're better than everyone. You're protected from that. We'll make that for that reason. That reason. Besides the other that I just touched on. So they protect their golden goose. That he doesn't have to fight mandatories that, that can become that can become something that is is a problem. A problem in their business plan. That an obstruction. A hole in the road. They don't want holes in the roads. They're bigger than that. So they they like they, they have a protective bubble. They call it the franchise tag. It's like if you play checkers and you put two checkers on top of each other and it becomes a super checker and now you can double jump all over the place. What was that called? When you put the double, it became like... King? Uh, king. King? Yeah, they were like super checkers. Like checkers on steroids. I they, don't even think there's terms and definitions around the franchise. It's basically like we'll decide what... But, but that's what yeah. they are. They yeah. can do whatever they want. And they are. That's the term. Yeah, and that's... They don't have to fight a, guys and someone else. So they don't have to fight a, a Heyman. It's protection. The mob in the old days, you paid protection. You think it's any different? It's protection money. There. Now, I, I'd never I, I'd never be invited to a convention. <laughs> I, I'd never be... But that's okay. Well, that's too bad because they're usually in exotic locations yeah, with private flights Yeah, of course they are because whose money seasons. you think they're spending? And everything else that's going on you don't see. But that's Okay. Why change now at this point in my life? Why now with yeah. all these guys? Why give them a reason to feel any different about me? But what that's, that's what it's about. That, it's that simple. That's what it comes down to. And, you know, can I say it again? Can I say National Commission? All right? Can I say National Czar? Can I say someone should freaking give a crap? Can I bring you back? You know, you want to get, it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable what goes on in this sport. It's no different than in some ways than when the, when the mob ran it back, back in the days. You know, it's, I mean, it's, and they, they did what they wanted, you know, no, I mean, what's the difference? Really? I, I mean, they're, they're not wearing those hats and maybe smoking those cigars and having those nice silk suits, but... Well, even when they have the a mandatory... The the, the results are the same. Even when they have a mandatory, I think Dillian White might be the mandatory for... Um, I think it's WBC. has been mandatory for over 600 days. That's a travesty. Days. 600 days. That's a travesty. When my blood pressure wasn't high enough a minute ago, you had to go there? You had to go to Dylan White? I'm sorry. You had to go to Dylan White? That's a travesty. He, he's been a mandatory. They've, they have avoided him and disrespected him as a mandatory for a year and a half beyond what, when he was supposed to get his mandatory. 600 days. It's supposed to be nine months. 600 days. 
Can you explain? A year and a half extra. Can you explain? That they've made him sick. Can you explain when you're the mandatory, what does it exactly mean? Clearly, well, it doesn't start, mean anything. Usually what's it nine months. Well, usually nine months, whatever the time is on that organization. That the champion, that, that has, champion nine has to fight to you. Make that Listen, fight. Are there, has there been through the history of the sport where you give them a step aside fee? You give them a step aside fee to extend the mandatory to say, let us fight this fight because it's a big money fight. And in all, and in all fairness, it's a bigger fight. People would rather see it in the sport. It can make more money for everybody. So you're still the mandatory, but allow us, allow us to, to give you some money, uh, to step aside. And it's usually significant uh, yeah, money, just yeah, for the record. So, so we can, we can extend this a little bit and get this big fight that might not be there later on that the fans want to see. I got you. Yeah. I have no problem. Cool. No problem. But no, 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 no. That's not what they're doing. How do they That's not what him? they're doing. Listen, because the sport, the only thing noble about the sport is the fighters and what they do when they get in the ring inside that chamber of truth. That's the only thing truthful about this sport. There's nothing else truthful about it. There's nothing else noble about it. There's nothing else significant about it or worth applauding about it or virtuous about it. It's just the fighters getting in the ring and laying it on the line and how they're willing to do that and to face their own doubts, their own shortcomings, to put that all there for the world to see and see who's better and who can be better. That's the only thing noble about this sport. The rest of it's not. And, you know, I don't give a freak no more about people that they, they don't want to live within those quarters of truth. You know, so they'd rather live their life where, you know, maybe they do things wrong too, so I don't care if somebody else is doing something wrong. That's the way you want to live your life? Go ahead. I'm no perfect guy. I'm no saint uh, at all. But I care about what I have control of, of what I know to be right and wrong. And what I can allow myself to know to be right or wrong and to make myself be conscious of what's right and wrong mm. and behave accordingly and to hope that that is the right way in living and to believe that's the right way in living and to believe that that is the right way in parenting and examples to show to your kids. So, but, you know, it, it's just uh, as far as Dylan White... What they're doing to this kid, uh, he's improved. They threw him in too quick with Joshua. He got stopped, and he's improved tremendously since then. He's matured. He's become a better fighter, a more together fighter, a tougher fighter. He's a good body puncher. He's aggressive. He's fan-friendly. Um, he's strong. He's physical. Uh, he, he's beaten good fighters. He's taken the risk. He's earned the right to be there. He's earned the right to freaking be there. You want a comparison? to a sport, another tough sport, but a regulated sport. You want a freaking comparison? I'm going to give you one. I'm going to go down this road. It's going to make it even worse, what they're doing. That the champion, we already talked about the rest of it, the champion, Wilder, the champion, best puncher in the sport, mm. right? Gutsy guy too. Give him credit. Does a lot of things technically wrong, but but a, what a tremendous puncher, and he's shown hard when he's had to show hard and all that. And he's always in shape and he's always ready and he's confident. So I give him credit for that. But where the hell do you get off? Where does the sport allow you to get off? Where you can actually dictate to White 
and they're not even hiding. And I want Rob, our, our great producer, to find this. He'll find this on his website. So everyone out there can see it because apparently a lot of you fans haven't made yourself verse of this. You haven't read this because you'd be in an uproar if you had. You'd be upset if you had. Let him get this article where he admits on one of these websites, on one of these writers, he brags where Wilder says, yeah, I, they're talking about the issue of Dylan White being a mandatory so long and, and where he hasn't gotten his just due and he hasn't gotten his shot and all that stuff. And he says, yeah, I told him. I told him what I'm about to say. I can't freaking believe I'm saying it because it shouldn't be allowed to be said in a sport that calls itself a sport. That's supposed to be a regulated sport. He says, I told him, sign with us. I told him, sign with the PBC, sign with Al Heyman, you'll get the fight. Are you kidding me? That's called extortion. Go back to the 50s when Frankie Cabo, a murderer, the, the head of the mobster, ran boxing. He did that. He used to tell guys what they had to do. And they had to do it or they didn't get a shot. Frankie Cabo, Mr. Gray. He ran boxing. And there became something called the Keith Falver investigations because of that. Senator Keith Falver came forward and started an investigation into boxing that got Cabo and those people out of boxing. Got it out of boxing because of that. Where's Keith Falver now? He's dead. But where are guys like Keith Falver? Where are other senators? Why don't they come forward and do something like that? Where are they? And then not enough that he says, yeah. And he's bragging about it. He's not even afraid. You should be, don't, don't let anyone hear you say that because that's, that's not allowed. Mm. Of course, it's boxing. It's, everything's allowed. So he goes and he says, he told, there's the story because I knew Rob would come through. It's right there. It's not Teddy Atlas saying it. It's a, why nobody says anything about this. It's right there. So he's bragging. He says, yeah, we told, we told, uh, we told, Dillian White. Uh, we told Dillian White, uh, come sign with us and you get the shot. Yeah. Uh, I gave him two is. options. I told him sign with the PBC when he came over from a network shopping or whatever he was doing here. So I told him, yeah, just sign with us. A one fight deal. No problem. We'll get that fight on. We can get it on. I'll give you the shot. But that was the one time. Strike. Yeah. <laughs> and then strike two. You know what strike two? It's not enough that he... That he <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. It's not enough that he admits to basically a criminal act, I mean, in some places. <laughs> I mean, really, extortion yeah, in some yeah. places. It's not enough that he's saying that he's extorting somebody. Then he goes around and he says, he says, strike two. He said, you know what? I gave him the chance. Then I said to him, then I said to him, fight Ortiz. Who are you to tell who, who's going to fight you? The fighter. Fight Ortiz. Fight Ortiz and then I'll fight you. Who are you to dictate that? That would be like Tom Brady in the NFL, a regulated sport, a tough sport, but a regulated sport, Ken. That would be like Ken, Tom Brady telling the Kansas City Chiefs after they earned their right the way Dylan White earned his right to, to play the New England Patriots next. He earned their, they earned their right. Kansas City earned their right. That would be like Tom Brady saying, nah, go and play New Orleans. And then you can play us. 
<laughs> no, that would, would be like. Well, I know what you're saying. By the way, shout out to Bad Left Hook. They they put up awesome content. They're the ones who posted this article. I just want to credit them there. Badlefthook.com. One other thing that that he says here. Do you understand? Oh yeah, the significance. Tom Tom Brady can't tell the Kansas City Chiefs, we ain't playing you, I'm not playing you. You got to go play New Orleans, and then I'll consider playing you. I'll play you then. Can't do that. One other thing that he says here is he says, yeah, fight a one-fight deal. What people don't know, and I know this from some fighters, one of them's fighting on the Pacquiao card. If you don't have a promoter and you want a shot against the champion of a particular promoter, they're going to say, oh, yeah, it's a one-fight deal. Unless you win, then in which case I get your next three fights to promote. And a lot of times they have those clauses that we talked about earlier off the air about where it rolls over on a certain thing. You win this fight, now I got you for two more fights. No one's going to give you a shot against their champion if you don't have a promoter without signing with them in the case that he wins. So even this, sign a wine fight deal and it's on. Yeah, unless you win, in which case then now we're going to Al Heyman, we'll have the next three. And that's not picking on Al Heyman, that's just the way it works. So this whole comment is out of context. Like, no one would say come fight my champion, one fight deal and if you win, off you go, sign with another promoter. That would never happen in a million years. Why, why would a promoter do that? So this whole thing is getting crazy and uh Dillian White's on the outside looking in. He's with uh, The Zone. And now Al Heyman's got uh, Andy Ruiz. And, um, and now instead of, I, I think he'll win it. I hope he wins it. Yeah. But instead of fighting for what he deserves, title, yep. he's got to fight, I think, Rivas, an yeah. undefeated fighter from, I forget where he's from, but I believe he's an undefeated, he's, he's fighting him yep. instead. Yeah. And I think fairly soon. Uh, I think Rob will probably look it up and see exactly what the calendar tells us. But he should be fighting for the title. He should have fought for the title already. And the last thing I'll say about this organization with these belts, you know, they have devolved. I didn't think. I'll give him credit. Yeah, Ken, I'm giving him credit. <clears throat> I didn't think they could go any lower. I didn't think they could go any lower. They have devolved into basically uh, these shops that make these knockoffs on Canal Street down in Chinatown, where you could go into these places, right? Uh, you know where they are. Oh, yeah. You go into a place in Canal Street, downtown Manhattan, and you could get a Louis Vuitton knockoff bag. You know, the handle might fall off like <laughs> on your way to the subway. You know, you better give it to your wife really fast. <laughs> like really, like delicately. Like, oh, yeah. Like carry it like this. And, and here, honey, I, I, you know, I just made some extra money and I love you. <laughs> I love it. And then run. Yeah. Run. <laughs> because if it's raining when you give it to it, it turns purple. <laughs> All right. But but th that's what these belts have devolved into. That they're, they're knockoffs. I mean, you could get a Gucci, you could get a Gucci belt. Yeah, you could get a Louis Vuitton bag. You could get, uh, you know, that's what these belts are. They, well, they, they, it's, they have the same value. They they have the same relevancy of, of of these knockoffs at this point. I mean, that's that's what they are. One of them just came out with a pearl belt. So if you want a, a WBC, belt, yeah. IBF belt, go to Canal Street. Go to Canal Street. You'll probably find one. You'll probably get one. They're for sale. They're for sale on Canal Street. The uh, last thing I want to touch on there is uh, one of the guys that I know we're both really high there on is... Still um, white, uh, by the way, Bob put up for yep. us. So he is. He's, he's fighting, fighting on July 20th. Yeah, and Reeves' record, I think Same it's night as the third fight. Oh, 20, I was going to say 24 and 0. 26 and 0 with yeah. 16 knockouts. Is it 16 or 18? 18. 18. 
All right. Yeah. All right. But we saw Schwartz, who was 24-0 with 16 knockouts. And, uh, no, I mean, listen, Rivas is better than Schwartz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm but, not- but, but I'm, I'm saying he's – I'm going to pick Dylan White to win that fight. Obviously, they feel good about it to go yeah. in the fight. But uh, – and I like Dylan White. Uh, I'm, but and, – uh, and people say I'm going to bat for him. I'm going bat to bat for what's right. Exactly. We That's have no all. affiliation with Dillian for White. What's you can right. just be a fan of For the what's guy. right. Exactly. That's all. One last thing I want to touch on before we wrap it up is um guy we're both high on, um, Usyk moving up from cruiserweight to heavyweight. He's been elevated to the WBO mandatory. This one I don't necessarily have a problem with. He's the unified cruiserweight champion. I agree. They, organizations, sanctioning bodies do make exceptions for extraordinary talent. He's a gold medalist. He has all the belts. I have no problem with him moving to the number the one mandatory. Cruise, maybe the best cruiserweight since Evander Holyfield. Yeah. Wow, what a statement. He just put well, out I mean, a, Really? Because Evander Holyfield was the greatest cruiserweight champion of all time. He I was mean, an awesome heavyweight well, Uzzik, as well. Uzzik is right, right below him as far as uh, one of the greatest of all time in that particular division. And he just put up a uh, social media post, maybe either last night or this morning, Usyk did, of him moving around in shadow boxing and hitting a double-ended bag. And man, that guy is nimble for a big dude. I'm excited to see him That's fight. one thing that can make him where he can do it with the bigger guys because of his legs. He's going to have to because those guys are well, but, but But he has the legs yeah. to, to keep him out of trouble. To You know, we always look at the advantage of the bigger guy. We say, oh, he's too big. You know, he's too strong. He's too big. But how about those small guys too quick, too fast, yeah. too smart? How about that? And that's, that's, that's his ticket to success. Well, that's Uzik's ticket. And if he fought, and I'm not taking anything away from Ruiz. Right. Nothing. No, no. I love Ruiz. I love what he's done. What, what, he helps the sport. He, he reminds you that the underdog can always do it. Can always do it. But if the fight took place tomorrow, I, I, I'm going with Uzik. I was going to say the same thing. Styles make fights, and I think with Ruiz in the rematch against AJ, unless he does something dramatically different, I think Ruiz wins that rematch, in which case I think next is up is Usyk. There's a lot of uh, buzz behind Usyk. I think he'll get that fight, and I think I think he beats Ruiz like you. And now we've got the settings for because we'll see Usyk. Ruiz and to, he still, reminder, he still has to get past Joshua. 100%. But I okay. think that Usyk moving up to fight Wilder or Fury now it becomes a much more interesting conversation because the size discrepancy is massive. Those guys are gigantic. And Usyk's a big guy, but he's not a skyscraper like those guys. He's obviously much more skilled technically than Wilder. I think the fight with Fury is uh, really interesting one. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But... I'm going to be sensitive to your time. I've had you here a long time today, so we're going to wrap it up here. Give us. I got to go anyway. I got to run down Canal State, uh, Canal Street, and get a Chanel bag for my wife. And, 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 uh, <laughs> Pick I up a WBO I, diamond I, belt oh, while oh, you're there. Oh, can we cut this part out? <laughs> cut that part out because she listens. To I don't want to hear that part. That's uh, why I do all my I'm Christmas shopping. On the surprise. Well, listen, special shout out to 10,000. I know Teddy's a huge fan, wears him in the gym when he's training with um, the light heavyweight champ. So please support these guys at 10,000.cc slash the fight. Please use the discount code there. It lets them know that they're you're coming from the fight and you're hearing about them on the show. Again, they have three styles of shorts. They've got something for everyone. Great fit, made by athletes, for athletes, over 2,000 five-star reviews. 30-day, no-question-asked return policy. 
And I know Teddy's a huge fan of these guys as well. So please check them out. And thanks for being with us. If you like the show, please continue to leave reviews, share the links. Really appreciate all the support, guys. Thanks. Thank you, Teddy, for being with me. Thank awesome you. to be with you. Take care.